Hi, everyone, and welcome to Spill It, the Gwinnett County Public Library's podcast all about YA literature, where two of us love YA and one does not. I'm Catherine, Teen Services Librarian, and I love YA. I'm Patty, Youth Services Manager, and I also love YA. And I'm Sarah, Youth Services Specialist, and I don't love YA. Sorry. But she's not. (laughs) But I thought you were getting closer to loving it. No, I do not love it. (gasps) But I read it for the podcast. (laughs) Well, thank you for your sacrifice. (laughs) It's not exactly a sacrifice. I have no words. Although it's just a sacrifice of your time. uh, Yeah, (laughs) because there is a lot of adult fiction out there that is waiting for me. But that's okay. It'll still be there. It'll still be there. So this episode's a little different. Patty, why don't you explain what we're talking about today? So this time uh, we picked one author and we kind of did a deep dive into all of her stuff and I got to pick. So I picked one of my favorite authors, Maggie Stiefvater. Maggie has written a lot of books <laughs> and we had a lot of fun reading them. She is a New York Times best-selling author and she also she's too talented. She's one of those people that I'm like how is one person this talented? She's a, a wonderful writer. She also does a ton of art and it's all beautiful and she also is a musician and like plays the bagpipes and she writes songs for her books and things and it's really annoying that one person can have that much talent. I don't think it's fair. She races cars. Oh, I guess she does race cars. Works on her own cars. She also has fainting goats, which I'm jealous about. I mean, you could remedy that one. I don't know about learning to write or paint or drive fast. But I can buy a goat. But you could get yourself a goat (laughs) if that's what you desire. I can't. I live in the city. There are laws. I'm I'm not legally allowed to have a goat. Yeah, you you could outsource your goat. Or you could make a goal to someday live where you could own a goat. Yes, that's my goal now. My goal in life is to outsource my goat. (laughs) You also can technically drive fast. (laughs) I mean. You don't have to learn. (laughs) (laughs) I guess you should learn how to drive safely. Who's to say I don't drive fast? In my drive a Prius. In my Prius. (laughs) We've just seen it and we know. My car can definitely take your car. (laughs) So how do we want to go about talking about all of her books? We haven't done this before. We should have a plan. Well, I was thinking we could just go by her series, like kind of in the order the series are published. We can also talk about her standalone novels, so I can just start reading them out. Okay. So the first ones are the Books of Fairy, which are Lament and Ballad. Now, these are ones I did not know existed. I did know they existed. <laughs> I did know they existed, and I am shocked I haven't read them because they're about fairies. Right. And as I said earlier, I usually read all the books about the fae, but I have not. Well, now we know what you're going to be doing. I know. I need to read these, so I cannot comment. Sadly, they're not in our system, though. True. They are a little older. I think they're from 2008 and 2009. They're like first novels. Yeah. I think they're the the first series published. Yeah, definitely not the first thing she wrote. No. (laughs) I think I heard somewhere she's been writing since childhood, basically. Yes. She's 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 got an idea and she would just write it. Knock them out 
in like a month. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Wolves of Mercy Falls. And that one has, I believe, four books in it. Shiver, Linger, Forever, and Sinner. Now, these are the ones where I first saw her. Like first kind of she got on my radar working in a library. These came across my, my desk. I did not pick them up. Because when I first saw them, I was like, oh, these are like romancy werewolves. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't want to read that. And then I never did go back. Once I started reading her stuff, I never went back and read these. And um, now I feel like I've missed something. So why exactly were you like, uh, romancy werewolves? It was around the time Twilight was super big <laughs> and Twilight was like also all over the place. And I read that for um for school, actually. <laughs> I was in a YA lit class at that time in grad school. I was going to say, what, vampire school? What kind of school is that? <laughs> <laughs> Library school, actually. Okay. <laughs> I was in a YA lit class and I had to, I read Twilight in like three days because it was a summer class and you only had like three days to read four books or something like that. And I was like, this is this is not for me. And I just kind of lumped it in in my head. It just got lumped in with Twilight. They're not actually the same. Well, of they, course they're not. I know, but I mean, <laughs> but they are romancy and they do have werewolves. It's kind of cool. Uh, I read these so long ago. It's really kind of hard and I wish I had taken better notes. <laughs> <laughs> are they full of angst? I have this idea that they're like full um, of like angst and and sadness, but I don't know where that where that thought process has come from. Well, the author mentioned this in one of the things I listened to and she said that there's a lot of kissing in them. So if you're like a you like a lot of kissing, it could be sad kissing, I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess it's sad in that he spends the majority of his time as a werewolf. Like he only gets a few months in the summer to be human. human. And he first meets the love interest as a wolf. Like he thinks she's like fierce and brave. And she, like she's very silent and she's just kind of in the forest or whatever where he, he and his pack are. But then he encounters her in his in the summer months. And he recognizes her, obviously. By she, smell. <laughs> yeah. I think by her eyes. but <laughs> By tail and ear position. But I don't know why I said by her eyes. I mean, he could see her as a wolf, so he could he knows what she looks like. She doesn't know what he looks like. Uh, <laughs> I, the covers of oh, these. Oh, I know what ahead. it was. Sorry. No. She recognizes him by his eyes. Oh. She's like, oh. it's her wolf. Because he still has wolf eyes. He still has the same Either that eyes. or as a wolf, he has human eyes, which is also weird. And <laughs> I'd probably notice. I think it's the color of the eyes. Kind of goldy, orangey. Of course. Maybe green. I don't know that they have green eyes. Well, that would be different. It's so fiction. she would notice. Well, true. I mean, people also don't turn into wolves, Sarah. Hello. <laughs> Are you sure? Not entirely. <laughs> The History Channel does that whole month of October where they tell me about real-life werewolves. There you go. <laughs> yes. He's a yellow-eyed boy. The covers of these are beautiful, I will say. And I noticed in, in this copy, at least, the color of the font matches the color of the cover. Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Oh, so it's all red. Oh, that's yeah. neat. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm presuming we only have this one in here, but I'm presuming the others in the series are similar. 
No, that one was just normal. Uh, Sorry, Catherine had picked one up that was a different. The first one. I know Shiver is blue. So maybe the first three? Because I didn't, isn't Sinner Uh, like? Yep, that's Sinner. Linger is uh, green. For some reason, remember the color of the books. Uh, Yeah, Linger is book two and it's green. And Forever, which is the one Sarah was holding, uh, is red. So what's the next series in her list? So next we have The Raven Cycle, which is like one of my favorites. That's where I found her. That's the the first series I read by her. The Raven Cycle has The Raven Boys, The Dream Thieves, Blue Lily, Lily Blue, The Raven King, and then it has a novella. Opal. Opal. And I read these, I think when I started them, I think actually maybe just The Raven Boys was out. I was like, I thought maybe the first two were out. I remember having to wait and I remember getting an advanced reader copy of Blue Lily Lily Blue and being so excited because it was like one of the very first advanced reader copies I ever got. And I was like, oh, yay! And I got to read it before my friends did. And I held that over their heads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a series like I devoured. Like it's one of those ones where you open the book and like I can't put it down because I have to know what happens. So this series is about a girl named named Blue and she her family her it's about a girl named Blue and she lives with her mother and her aunts and they are all fortune tellers for a, like a better you know at the, at the simplest form they they do they read tarot readings and they can tell people's fortunes and they have magic in their family and she is destined, uh, for as long as she can remember, she has been told that she will cause her true love to die. And she just doesn't believe in true love. And she's like, well, this is never going to be a problem. And as you know, of course it's going to be a problem because of course she's going to find somebody and fall in love with them. And so it's about Blue. And then these boys that she meets that go to the private school and Gansey is the main boy. And then his friends, Ronan and Adam and Noah, and at the beginning of this series, Blue goes to this like ceremony thing where they see the spirits of everyone who's going to die in the coming year and she sees Gansey and then she meets Gansey in real life. So she knows from the get-go he's going to die this year and the whole series is about, um, it takes place over that, that one year and Gansey is looking for this dead Welsh king and there's all sorts of like fun, fantastical elements that come in. Like you find out different things about these boys. And I don't want to give too much away because there is some kind of big reveals about all of them, actually. <laughs> but I, I fell in love with every single one of these characters. I absolutely adore them, all of them. Ronan is probably my favorite, but... but I love all of them. I also love Ronan. I liked Gansey too, but I mean, I feel I'm, like everybody's supposed to love Gansey. Everybody loves Gansey because Gansey's really lovable. I also really like Blue. Yeah, and it's interesting because she is sort of the main character, but as the books kind of grow there, it would be very easy for her to become less important as the boys kind of take on more importance, but she does an excellent job of like making uh, the get, balance between yeah. them. 
I feel like at times she is less important. Um, I mean, she's still part of an integral part of the story, yes. but like the focus kind of changes, and that's when you get like the different boys' stories. And all of this progresses across the whole series. Like you're still learning more about them as it goes along. Because mm-hmm. like the main, like the Raven boys, I would say is blue and and the mystery and like the reveal and the information you get is more focused on Noah. And and then the dream thieves, the second one is definitely Ronan. That's sort of his book. And Adam really comes into his own in the last two books. Yeah, and Blue and Gansey are kind of like, kind of like mainstays or something. Yes, they're there all the time because they're very important. Like they're, you're getting more of their story in each and every book. Yes, yes. Sarah looks unconvinced at these. Like we've talked these books up and she has not read them. <laughs> I'm dying for her to read it. And then we kind of orchestrated this episode to get her to read them. And she didn't. I still didn't. She picked other ones. <laughs> <laughs> crying. <laughs> crying. I, yeah, I chose the standalones. Shocking. I can understand why. The, this is a series. And you do want to read all of them because they and they don't I mean they kind of end but they all have sort of a cliffhangery yeah you're definitely left wanting more yeah I think so well then next up we have a series which is probably more of a children's book and she has written other children's series this one's with Jackson Pierce we're not really going to talk about it but it's the Bartlett series and there's three books in there but we don't talk about children's books on this podcast yes that's for I'm babies to talk about children's books actually i would happily talk about children's <laughs> books but that maybe we'll do a special where we talk about middle grade books maybe okay then because there is some good middle grade stuff out right now but then we move on to another of my favorites the the dreamer trilogy which is kind of a spinoff from the raven boys but this one is more focused on ronin which Patty and I clearly love so <laughs> it makes this was me exciting very for sad me because I really really enjoy these characters and this world that she has created and because of certain elements in the fandom and the way they have treated Maggie about some of these characters that she created and relationships between them she actually has um given this series up she's finishing the the books about Ronan but she had a bunch more and she's actually literally burned all of her notes she set a bonfire and gave it up um and I'm also a little sad that because of certain parts in fandom she doesn't write Adam as much as she wanted to and I can't really talk about why without giving away sort of a major plot point in the Raven Boys um books talking about the dreamer books is difficult because there is like a major thing you find out in about ronin that is the whole purpose of writing more books about ronin (laughs) and what he can do yes (laughs) i'm gonna say bring people back from the dead such as (gasps) gansey solved it no. no. But yes, I know we have zero chance of getting Sarah to read these because there are four books in the Raven Cycle. And so she'd have to get through four books in a series and, and then, then read the three more. Three more. Three so we more. need you to read seven, seven books. Book commitment. <laughs> uh, don't see it happening. It She's doesn't like feel like do a it. commitment, but I think you would actually like it. 
I probably would. I think the whole Welsh king thing would appeal to you. Uh, there are parents present. I wouldn't say they're all great parents, but there are parents. Definitely some half orphans. Yeah. But people have parents. Some parents are not <laughs> great parents. No, I said they're not all great parents. Some, some are not great. But this I mean, has I think that is true to life. I mean. Yes. And it has a lot of found family. That's why I like it. Oh, it's so much found family. We're kind of back to talking about the raven cycle yeah. in case <laughs> our listeners haven't quite followed that. And but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we love it. I gathered. I really like all the Welsh and Celtic stuff that she writes about. That's like a big thing for me. I, I enjoy her her versions and her little bits of... So that's kind of the perfect segue because now we're on to her like standalone novels. And the first one on my list is The Scorpio Races, which definitely brings in some of that Celtic uh, fantasy or mythology. Yes. And I've actually... Oh, go ahead. I'm like, and now we've hit the one that Sarah's read. Yes, I actually did read this one. Well, I listened to it to be more specific, and I liked it, and it's set somewhere in the United Kingdom. I don't know that it ever specifically says it. May, it there's an island of Thisbe, and it, it's about Puck, and Puck is facing financial hard times, and it's also about Sean, and Sean uh, really, really wants to own a horse that he has been training for a while. <laughs> I'm sorry. The way you said that, it's like you're he like, okay. really, really, really wants to own a horse. Wants to own a specific horse because he's a horse trainer. But on going this island. very literal with this, but okay. Do you want me to? No. Is this too no, much? Just keep going. On this island, there aren't just regular horses. <gasps> there are kind of fairy horses known as Kapalishka live in the ocean and they're very dangerous they will eat you if you're not careful but if you're smart enough to catch one and train it and know how to handle it it could win you a lot of money in an annual horse race the scorpio race on this island and so guess what puck wants to win the race because she needs that prize money sean wants to win the race because he needs that prize money so he can buy the horse that he loves and the two of them meet and sparks fly this book has one of my favorite opening lines i just something about it just really drag draws me in it's it's like one of my favorite it the first day of november and so today someone will die and it just oh, i love it and i just want to read this book we're re i read this a little bit early cuz i want to read this book every september because it's kind of it's it's very it feels like this is it's a fall book you, you know it, november is a, a very important in this book cuz all this happens in november but like it just feels like a book you want to read when the leaves are changing and it's getting a little bit cooler and you can have a nice cup of tea and you can make yourself some november cakes i was going to say i would like a november cake I enjoyed this one. I mean, I do. I like horses. I was a girl who loved horses. We well, are a horse girl. So I also love horses. And I will definitely say if you haven't read it or, and aren't familiar with it, it might be traumatizing to you if you really love horses. <laughs> there's only, there's a little bit of violence in this book. I mean. To be fair. There's quite a bit of violence in this book. I mean, it sets you up from the get-go. It is the first day of November, which means someone will die. Yes, but there is 
There are things that happen to horses. Yeah. So if you, that's what I'm saying. If you really love horses, just keep that in mind. Which is weird because I like horses and I have a thing. Like I, I think we've established, I do not like animal pain and injury, but this one doesn't bother me as much. I think maybe because. It's okay with horses being tortured. <laughs> it's on her resume. Okay with horse torture. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sure you're not. Thank you. Thank you for that. That's how rumors get started. Yeah. She's not joking people. No, I think it was because it was so unexpected in that other book. I was like, oh my God, this the cat died. And this, I just, you know, I expected it to be um, violent. And like, of course a horse gets injured. Like these, the water horses are, are dangerous. So yes. People I am would. more concerned with the, there's a scene where a human a horrible human. Oh, yeah. Basically mutilates. Yeah. Yeah. That is the part where I was just like, no. I didn't like that part. There's, there's nothing to like about that part. There's also a cat scene. But I'm going to spoil it for you. The cat lives. <laughs> Doesn't have a tail. The cat lives. Unlike the cat in the other book I read. Unlike the unnamed dog at the beginning of this book. Did not make it. Yeah, I was I was still upset about it, but yeah, Sarah warned me because I had not read this one until preparing for this podcast. Yeah, we really don't do well with animal cruelty on this show, and it, I don't it, think anybody should do well with animal yeah. cruelty. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> if you it do just, do well with it, <laughs> there's something wrong. I just it just seems like we've had a lot of books with animal cruelty in them recently. We have, <laughs> we have and I. Don't it's like, like it. a big rule of mine that I weed those out. I don't read them unless it's required of me. Yeah, we have failed on that part. Well, it's a way of like raising the stakes. You know, people, animals may get hurt here. It is kind of weird that we're fine with human people. <laughs> people murdered all the time, whatever. We'll read a whole bunch of books don't about that. Don't touch the cat. Don't hurt that puppy. <laughs> Humans have hands. They can defend themselves. Mm -hmm. I thought it was funny the way you were describing it as he wants to buy a horse. <laughs> I'm like, I guess that is a takeaway. But I mean, at it his was heart, he does want to buy a that, horse. I like yeah, <laughs> I mean, That's what he wanted. That's his main goal. Yeah, but there was more to that horse than he just wants a horse. He wants that particular horse. I know. And, there, and then there are reasons behind it. For lots of reasons. He does have more motivation than that. Otherwise, this would be a kind of short book and mainly about puck i mean i really liked sean kendrick i did too i'm really just trying to say why he wants to win this race he no, wants to win the race so he can win can, can buy the horse i mean to buy the horse and so he doesn't have to work for uh Mel malvern malvern yes. but the other thing i was going to say was if you listen to this the narrators are great oh they're wonderful they really are and what i really love about it is the uh the the voice of Sean is the same voice as Cal in the Aurora cycle. And it's just a beautiful voice. Like if you've ever listened to anything I that haven't listened he to has the Aurora narrated. cycle, but I, now I'm going but to it, have to. It's, I don't know, dude. I love your voice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. He's you have a great, great voice. voice. I mean, he that's true. Do. He does have a really lovely voice. They both do. 
And, and what I really liked about the audiobook for this is that they they had two different narrators. So the Puck parts were a girl and the the Sean parts were that wonderful voice. <laughs> Which makes it sound like the Puck girl doesn't have a good voice, oh, but no. she does. Her voice is also great. But that's what makes you think or realize it's set maybe somewhere in the UK because of the accents of yes. the narrators. And it just feels very like a like a like a UK story. I, I guess yeah. mainly because we don't I don't think we have in America That was the other thing I was gonna talk about. Water like, horses. Um, water horses appear in so many like cultural mythologies. Like they appear all over the world. Like in the forms of cap, not kappas, but kelpies. Yes. Um, there's a whole bunch of other ones. She talks about, she has an author's note in yeah. the back of this one where she talks about how she wanted to write something about the water horses, but there's so much to the myth that it was difficult to kind of write a story until she realized she could just take the parts that she liked and she wanted to. And I, I like that. She wrote this one before the Raven Boys came out. And I really love how I, it just feels like she did this deep dive into Welsh and Celtic mythology, and she came up with so many great things that we got from it, like the both the Scorp- Scorpio races and also just the whole Raven cycle and everything. I just I appreciate that so much, and I really I just love them, and I love I love Thisbe. I would go visit if I could. Oh yeah, and she talks about that like. There, she really built that world up because she wanted it to feel like you were there. It do, it feels like it's a so very real. important part of that story. Yeah, the and, place. And like when I read the Raven Boys, I read this when I was living in D.C. And so it so much of it takes place in like the Shenandoah Valley, and and the, and she lives in Virginia and the Shenandoah Valley, and like we would drive around, and like I can see the places, and some of it actually takes place in D.C. Um, and like, I, so I, I've been there, but I, I, can't, I haven't been to Thisbe and I want to go to Thisbe. <laughs> yeah, there, um, I've been to Virginia a couple of times since reading this because my husband's family is from there. And each time we go, it's all I think about right? the whole time we're driving there. I'm like, oh man. And there's like, uh, where they live in the distance, you can see one like big mountain. And I'm like, the Welsh King is there. You know it. And I like just the, know whole, it. the whole forest, there's a forest that is a very big part of the, the Raven cycle and stuff. And I was like, I can just see, I know what that forest looks like. And I, I just, yeah. She has a very, a way of writing place. What's next? All the Crooked Saints. Oh, good. I can talk about the other one I read. All the Crooked Saints, another standalone. No cats are harmed, nor horses in this. I there make, is a little bit of reference to cockfighting. So I haven't made it to that part yet. It I am only about halfway through this one. So. It's not um, graphic or anything, So, but if that's going to trigger you. This is a more unusual, um, one of the more unusual books I think I've read for this podcast. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But it is about a family that lives out in Colorado in the desert. And they're known to be saints. And so if you have a problem, you can go to visit this family. There's a particular saint at a time who will help you release the darkness from inside of you. 
and they call that the first miracle. However, the darkness inside you manifests itself in some way. For example, there's a character who it constantly rains on her. There's a character who um, becomes a has giant. A, has a, yeah, there's a character who becomes a giant. There's a character who has a coyote head. So the darkness that comes out of you with the first miracle is part of you until you have to figure out the second miracle, which is reconciling yourself with whatever it is that's causing you pain that manifests itself in this like physical, unusual circumstance. So in this, one of the saints, the main um, one, falls in love with one of the pilgrims. The pilgrims are the people who come to get the miracles. And there's also a rule that once you've performed that first miracle, you are no longer allowed to speak to the pilgrims, talk to them in any way, because if you interfere with them and their own process of figuring out the second miracle, then it calls out the darkness in you, and the darkness in you could be something terrible in the past has actually killed people. Yeah. So he should not have fallen in love with this pilgrim, but he does. And then it's about how what happens to him and how his family tries to save him from that. So why do you why would you say this is one of the more unusual books you've read? Because there's not a lot of action. It's very what I thinky, not really a word, but it's very much a lot of it takes place um, in the characters' heads, like what they're all the characters. It's a what do you call it? Um, third person omniscient. That's what they call it, right? Yeah. It's third-person omniscient, which means like we get to see inside the thoughts of all the characters. So there's a lot of thinking going on. There's a lot of dialogue going on. There's not a lot of like action going on because it's mostly them thinking and talking through their issues. I mean, that makes sense with what you... I mean, it sounds like a a version of therapy where it's like very physical. <laughs> right. That's this one is kind of more I was saying this is more allegorical almost in nature because you really have to think about why these people are having these particular problems and how they get to the root of that rather than like there's a quest for us to accomplish or there's a race for us to win like in Scorpio races where you know this is very much like oh We've got to figure out the source of our sadness sort of thing. A king for us to find. Kind of like a puzzle. Yeah, a little bit. So I I liked the book, but I don't know that I would just recommend this to anyone. I would I would think I would have to kind of know the person that I was talking to and whether or not they would enjoy a book that was more um, philosophical almost in nature. So the, the next standalone and kind of the last one, she's written this most recently, is Bravely. Oh, that's right. It does take place in the world of the Disney movie Brave. It's Merida's story after the events from the movie. And I really enjoyed it. I think I might be the only one who read it. You are. I'm sorry. (laughs) I I saw the movie Brave, if that counts, but I don't think it does in this case. I like it. I mean, it, of course, takes place in Scotland, and I love Scotland. Uh, So I was, of course, drawn to it. But I also really liked Merida from the Brave movie. And it's very true to the Merida from the movie and her brothers and her family. Like, everybody's in this one. And it's another one that kind of has some, like, Celtic mythology to it. Magic's still there. Yeah, the magic is still there. So there's, like, kind of like a goddess and a god or, like, spirits. But it also has, like, you know, like the standing stones that are, like, prevalent Uh in a bunch of, like, 
Scottish books and movies and shows, but there's a standing stone there, which corresponds to one of the like godly characters in the book, and it's really interesting. Again, with the the Celtic Welsh. Yep. She's a perfect pick for that. And I think that is also why I love Maggie Stiefvater so much is because I love mythology, like all of them. Like, I just love reading those stories. Um, And then the only other book, it's a graphic novel, Swamp Thing. And I think, unfortunately, none of us got to that one. No, and I really want to because that seems so different. But, again, not different because it it feels like... um, Place is a big thing for her, so I'm not, again, I'm not surprised that she's done a Swamp Thing novel. (laughs) But yeah, I haven't read that one yet. So let me ask you guys this, since y'all are big Steve Otter fans, what is your favorite book that you've read? If you were going to tell someone who's new to Maggie Steve Otter, and you should read just one book to introduce yourself to her and her writing... Which one would you say that would be? It's interesting because what you just asked is, you asked a couple of different questions there. I know you were trying to get to one, but my answer is different. My favorite book that I've read by her is probably The Dream Thieves, the second book in um, the Raven Boys cycle, because that's the one where you get to find out what's going on with Ronan. And I am, I'm just, I'm fascinated by him. I think he's a really interesting character. And so I really enjoyed that book. That is not, of course, the book I would give someone to get them into. Here, read the second book in this series. <laughs> no, no, you don't need to have read the first one. It's fine. Um, if I were going to give one person a book to to kind of introduce them to, to Steve Otter's writing, I would give them the Scorpio Races. It's a standalone book, and it's got so many of her um, traits with, Celtic myths and her sense of place and I I just really I think this one is great writing and it 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 gives a person a feel for what her other stuff will be like and so I would probably give them the Scorpio races if I could if I if I could only give them one what about you Catherine uh yes (laughs) 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 no uh I mean, mine would have to be The Raven Boys. I mean, I know it's book one of a series, but I love series. Right. And I mean, I would ask the person if they like series or not. But yes, I would recommend The Raven Boys because I do think this is definitely a series where you have to read book one. Yes. You cannot pick up book two. Like even if one of the later books is my favorite, you you have to start with The Raven Boys. Because it introduces you to that whole world and it introduces you to the cast of characters and you need to know certain things about the characters and where they are to enjoy the later books. Yes. I think you'd still enjoy it, but you'd be missing a whole lot. You'd be like, there'd be lots of questions. But yes, I agree with Patty about the Scorpio races and I just read that one. But if somebody was looking for a standalone, they just wanted one book. I agree that Scorpio races is a good one that kind of embodies Maggie Steve Otter's work. That's the word I was looking for, embodies, yes. Also, I agree, Catherine and I are just going to violently agree <laughs> on this <laughs> episode. Fine, and I'll just sit here um, and because look at you. I, I also, I do love the Raven Boys. Like, I, 
if someone were open to reading a series, I would give them the Raven Boys, and, and maybe even if they weren't, I, it's I know, I, it's that important to me. <laughs> like I'm still really trying to make Sarah read it. <laughs> one of my top ten favorite books. Okay, so this is a little bit different. Just just reading a bunch by one author. Um, how how did you? Did you like it? Did you did you enjoy it? Because I know I think I got to pick the author, so of course I'm going to like it because I got to read a bunch of books by an author I like. So that's that's not hard for me. And it's also an author I love, and I really enjoyed it. But I'm guessing this was probably not Sarah's favorite. <laughs> oh, you know, it was fine because I I did like the writing. I thought the writing was good. I felt pressed for time, but that's kind of always the case when we're trying to read more than one of um, something before the next recording. Yeah. Because I know, I mean, I had checked out Raven Boys with the intention of reading it for this and then didn't get to. But I did, I I appreciate you guys introducing me to her writing because I enjoy it. And I don't know if I would have picked it up without, without being prompted. Yay! I feel like that's progress. <laughs> I would have hated it if you just didn't like it, like anything that she wrote. Like I'm, I'm no, glad that you like. I her liked. Stuff. I liked both of them. I liked the Scorpio races more, um, but I didn't dislike the crooked. All the crooked saints. I just felt like I said this isn't a book for everybody. But speaking of being pressed for time, since you had to read a bunch of books for this episode. Next week, we're doing another one where we're all going to read several titles. Oh, God, we've got to read a bunch of books more. <laughs> more books. Is the third one in a row. Yeah. We've this really is... have not done this well to ourselves. <laughs> I know. <have> we? <laughs> I know. We've had a lot of intensive reading. We really have. <laughs> next episode, to celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month, we're all going to read several titles. And I already have a few in mind and can't wait to read them. I think I've already read a couple of them, so I'm going to save myself a little time there. But I've got two new ones that I want to try to read. We'll see if I make it. I will say looking up titles to read for this, I have found more books than I can read in the amount of time. I want to read so many of them. Oh, I know. I always have a stack of like, at yeah. least 10 books I that re- I want to read, and most of the time I do I not get I have requested a bunch, and I'm not going to be able to read them all. Right. That's why I'm like, I'm going to try to read two new ones. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, same. This is a good question for our listeners. Do you like the ones where we do Reader's Advisory, where we give you a whole list of books we've tried to read on a given topic, or do you like it better when we talk about just one book? Yeah, email us. We'll take Email us and let us know, because, I mean, we'd really like to know. We want to give you what you want. How do they get in touch with us? Well... They can email us at spillit at gwinnettpl.org, which is S-P-I-L-L-L-I-T at gwinnettpl.org. This has been another episode of Spill Lit by the Gwinnett County Public Library. I'm Catherine. I'm Patty. And I'm Sarah. And we want you to join us next time as we share some great titles to read during Hispanic Heritage Month, or really any time. Just read them. Remember to like, review, and subscribe, and until next time, keep reading.